Well, my friends, we have uh, opportunity now to take a look in our Bible. So if you have brought your Bible with you, I invite you to open it up to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, if you have your electronic Bible, you may find uh, a Bible app to be helpful. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 is where we're going to be uh, hearing from this morning. Only a couple of verses, keeping it nice and, um, and succinct this morning. And we're going to read verse uh, 12 and 13. Before we do that, I just want to, again, um, as we talk about the Bible as a book, did you know that the word Bible is from the Greek, biblos? It's basically just translated book. So it's important for us to note that the, the Bible is a book. It's a piece of literature. And as a work of literature, it has these wonderful components to it. Um, and that includes so many things that have been borrowed time and time again by stories that have been told on television, on radio, and in movies. We go back 80 years, 82 years, actually, this morning to the story of Pinocchio. Now, does anyone here ever heard of the story of Pinocchio? A couple people. What was his, um, how, we, how we say, what was his most prominent feature? If he was, yeah, if he was lying, what happened? His nose would grow, that's right. So just to make sure that we're all on the same page here, I think a lot of us have heard the story of Pinocchio. I think if you've gathered in this church before, maybe you've heard a lot about the story of God too. Maybe you've heard a lot about who Jesus was. And you thought, but those are two totally different stories. Well, I'm going to tell you that about 80 years ago, those people who wrote that story uh, who made that story into a movie at Disney, they knew the Bible story really well. Let me read something to you about the Bible. It's from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him in whom we must give account. Those are verses from the Bible. Thank God for his word. When we have something that we're supposed to follow, we, when we have that, say, at home, it might be like an instruction manual. But if you're going to have an instruction manual, it's got to be good, doesn't it? You've got to be able to understand it, right? Well, the Bible, when it was first written, was written in a few different languages that many of us don't speak. So thankfully, it's been translated so that we can understand it as well. But there's some, still some tricky parts in the Bible for us to understand. And I think that's a little bit about what this person, the author of Hebrews, is writing about. The Bible is alive and active. What does that mean? Well, the first things it means is that the Bible is trustworthy. The Bible is real, and the Bible is true. One of the problems that Pinocchio got himself into 
was every time he would tell a lie, his nose would grow, and everyone around him would know it. We don't have that, do we? It's not too easy to tell when some people are telling a lie. It's not easy all the time. Actually, the blue fairy, at the very beginning of Pinocchio, tells him that good boys, good boys are honest. And so, if we want to be good or honest, don't we need something that's also good to help guide us? Well, if you heard at the very beginning of our service together, we heard from 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says that all scripture is given to us by God and is very useful for our teaching and our training up in righteousness. It's also not only true, it's also powerful. Jesus says that truth is so powerful, it can set you free. That's kind of an interesting idea, especially later when we get to the part of the story about Pinocchio being in jail. Now, one thing I want to tell you, the Bible doesn't teach us all things about all things. There's not a lot about YouTube on, in the Bible. There's not. It doesn't teach you how to do anything with your car or anything like that. But the Bible, it teaches what it intends for us to know. It's not a medical textbook, but if you go to Genesis chapter 2, God puts Adam to sleep and takes out a rib, but it's not a medical textbook. If you go to Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 4, you'll see a recipe for bread, but it's not a cookbook either. There are some things that the Bible is not intended to teach. I heard somebody say to me once that the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Well, I'm not so sure. It may not cover quite everything. For instance, if you have a problem with your lawnmower, you don't turn to the Bible. We turn to another book, maybe, but you would be very specific about what kind of book you would turn to. You wouldn't just go get a coloring book if you wanted to figure out how to fix your lawnmower, would you? The perfect thing about the Bible is that it is perfect in what it teaches. And what it teaches us is who God is and how he loves us. It doesn't teach us that you can and will be perfect. And that's one of the things where Disney and the Bible go different ways. See, the blue fairy tells Pinocchio, if he just lives a certain way, then everything will be fine. He'll turn into a real boy and everything. He'll have life beyond those wildest dreams. But that's something that the Bible doesn't quite say. I do love this idea of the, the Bible being alive, especially as we think about Pinocchio, a boy who wasn't real, who wanted more than anything to be real. What does it mean for Pinocchio to be alive? Made me wonder, what does it mean for the Bible to be living and alive? I think what it means for me and what it means for you is that it always has meaning for our everyday life. 
It really does give us instructions, maybe not about everything, but about every day. It tells us so much that we can understand about how God has made us to think and how God has made us to care for others, to care for this world, and even care for ourselves. One of the things that the Bible tells us, though, is that regardless of how good or bad we are, that we can't earn being transformed, being turned into this real life, this real boy like Pinocchio. That sort of transition, that sort of change can't happen because of anything that we do. In fact, the Bible says it's only because of Jesus that we have the ability to have life. And Jesus said it this way, I came that you may have life and have it to the full or fully. There's a whole bunch of people that know that verse already. See, some people have been reading their Bible, I think. The Bible is not only uh, living and is uh, not only very true, it's really important. No other book has been translated into as many languages as the book of the Bible. You may say, well, there's some really good books out there. There are some good books, like uh, Paddington Bear. Anyone remember Paddington? Paddington the, the Bear was uh, translated to 273 languages. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Harry Potter. When Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone first came out, that was translated in seven, 800 languages almost. The Bible, well over 1,600 and counting and counting and counting, and grows every day. New York Times bestsellers list dropped the Bible from there for uh, years and years ago because it has always stayed in the prominent first position on the New York Times bestsellers list. There's no, other Bible, there's no other book on the face of the planet that has sold more copies than the Bible. It's because it continues to have real meaning, and actually those people who would want you to say, who would want to tell you that the Bible is not as reliable as I'm telling you that it is, those people have been around for quite some time. And they have tried time and time and time again to try and find difficulties with our Bible. And the one thing I can tell you, as someone who studied it in those languages like Greek and Hebrew, that the Bible is a tremendously reliable resource. It speaks so much. And actually, I would, I would even be... I would even venture a guess that you use the Bible in your every day, even without even realizing it. Anyone ever said to you, a little birdie told me? Yeah, that's from Ecclesiastes. Have you ever heard someone described as a, a doubting Thomas? That one's maybe a little bit more obvious. How about this one? Um, ever been called the apple of someone's eye? That's from the Song of Songs. It's to be so intimate and close with someone that your reflection is in their eyeball and it's the only way to describe it. It's like I'm a little apple in there. You're the apple of my eye. Grand grandparents know what I'm talking about. A wolf in sheep's clothing. That's from the Bible. Rise and shine. Psalm 28. For the Lord has come. Go the extra mile. That's in our New Testament. A fly in the ointment. I think that's Judges. Giving up the ghost. The powers that be. 
The Bible is a part of our everyday, whether we realize it or not. It is so important to us, we use it constantly without even knowing it. It's even a part of Pinocchio. Here, I'll show you. We'll start with that first picture. See, the blue fairy gives to uh, Pinocchio this little voice in Jiminy Cricket, a still, small voice. Did you ever notice that his initials were JC? The second picture informs us that, in, indeed, our lies, <laughs> our lies will out. There's no hiding our failures sometimes. And though we want to live as if life has no strings in this next picture, it just, it's not real life. You can still see the wooden hinges, even of the life that we claim to enjoy. Maybe you remember the poster from this film in this fourth picture here. You're saying, oh, man, I don't remember all those details of that. Oh, there's a blue fairy there, and there's the, the marionette player and all that stuff. Some of you are thinking, I'm going to invest a, an hour and 30 minutes in something this, this week. Oh, don't forget the whale. You guys had forgotten the whale, didn't you? What happens when you break away from the way that you were made? Well, first off, you may be looking uh, rather foolish in this next picture. Oh. What a, what a guy. He looks like a donkey. I'll tell you. And if that's not as, as bad as it gets, it gets even worse sometimes. You may even find yourself, if you're running the opposite way uh, from where you know you're supposed to go, you may even find yourself just like this, swallowed up in the belly of a whale. Alive in the belly of a whale. I wonder where they got that story. You see what I mean about the Bible being alive? The whole desire for Geppetto at the beginning of this film is for Pinocchio to experience real life. And friends, the story of the Bible is this. Jesus comes so that you may have life to the full. Pinocchio is a beloved movie. And it's been beloved for these 80 years as a beloved story because it is a story that borrows from the greatest story ever told. Now, I want to take just one second and defend the use of stories. Stories are very important, not just to an oral culture like we talk about in the, um, in the Old Testament. These people, they had to tell their children. Remember a couple weeks ago, talking about the fundamentals? We have to teach your children, right? The heart, soul, mind, strength, every, coming and going, standing or sitting, wherever you are. We have to teach them the fundamentals. The way that they taught those was through story. You can see it. If you read the Old Testament, you'll read, you'll read dialogue. It's like reading a novel. You'll see people talk to each other. There's an exchange of words. There are actions and verbs. All of those things teach us something. The words of someone within a biblical story will reveal something about who they are and their character. It's true. The biblical narrative is that intentional and that specific. Pay attention to what people say. Pay attention to the action words and the verbs attributed to people. Find out where they go and what they do. Not a surprise, certainly. But this is why the old, in the Old Testament story has been so 
useful, so prominent, and why even today, for myself as a, as a storytelling uh, preacher and pastor, I, I see the story of the Bible in, in this every day and invite you to do the same. There is a challenge with this, friends, and I'm going to share with, uh, with you that challenge. It was a challenge that, was, um, that Billy Graham, uh, it dawned upon him once when he was in a doctor's office. He was on his way back to Africa, I'm sure, on one of his you know, dozen uh, journeys there. And in his uh, travels there, he had to go to his doctor's office to get a shot for malaria, right? Um, so, because you don't want to contract the disease. And he says, you know, doctor, I've, I've had this shot I don't know, half dozen times now? And I've never asked, what's in it? <laughs> like, what, what's the whole deal here? And the doctor says, oh, uh, let me explain that to you. He goes, well, actually, what happens is we take something like a virus and we synthesize it down, we find ways to combat it, and then what we do in the vaccine is we give you a little bit of the, the, the virus as well as an antidote to it, and so it just keeps you from getting the real thing. He says, so you, you give me a little bit of it to keep me from getting the real thing. He goes, yeah, that's exactly right. Friend, sometimes, sometimes the stories of this world are going to be spiritual enough for you to get your fill. But I promise you, they're only keeping you from getting the real thing. And this story is for you. This story includes you. And if you continue to journey alongside of us, those who are committed to learning what God has to say about who he is and what he wants us to do, we take it very seriously and want to invite you to take it seriously alongside of us as well. This morning we have opportunity to, to not just read from Scripture, but to do something from it. This week we had opportunity to, um, we were referencing a, a few verses from the book of James. Someone who is struggling with um, a, an illness, an, an injury. Their body was not functioning the way it should. And he's reading in James and says, if the Bible's true and reliable, what it says here is that we can call upon the elders of the church to come together and pray. And so today, immediately following today's service, the elders of this church are going to gather together and pray and lay hands on this individual. And if you are here and you are you're finding yourself with that same petition, with that same draw, that same hope, that same desire, the same want of prayer, then join us for prayer. We have a, a prayer room just outside these, these, this hallway here. We invite you to join us if you feel God drawing you in some way. Because that's the most important thing about the Bible, is that it connects us, and it draws us together to be the community that God has made us to be. As, and as we are drawn together towards this book, each of us separately, we are drawn together as well. And so... As a week of vacation Bible school comes to a close, and it's easy to say we've focused on the kids or we focused maybe just on the story, but it's really been the community. It's really been the church having had a chance to come together to be reminded 
that God is in the everyday. We had an opportunity to see the glimpses of that. Let me find that surprising. It may even amaze you. But I, I promise I'm telling the truth. My nose isn't changing size at all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace that we experience through your word. It is living. We felt it today, God. How you teach us, how your word delights us. How marvelous, how wonderful. Our songs will ever be. Every praise is due you, Lord, because of how amazing you are. And so we just want to thank you for your presence with us this week. Last week, Lord, we prayed for safety in Vacation Bible School, and you saw fit to, um, to give us a safe week, and so we thank you for that. We praise you that you are an awesome God. We also entrust to you, Lord, the various things that are laying upon our hearts that, that weigh heavy, whether they are illness or injury, whether they are um, a difficulty with sin, whether it's difficulty with our faith and struggles with doubt. Lord, we ask that you draw us together as your people, not because any of us are, are strong, but as, as we together are drawn, we find strength in you. You are an awesome God. In your name we pray. Amen.